we discuss the very first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Iron Man. What did we think of the movie that started it all in the MCU? We also give our thoughts on the character and how he's evolved and changed throughout the years. I'll give my initial thoughts and then be joined by some good friends of mine. All that coming up on MCU in Review. Welcome to the MCU In Review Podcast. We review the, all the MCU, old and new. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MCU In Review. Give us a like, a comment, let us know what you think of the show. I am Brandon, and I'm happy to be joined with you. Joined with you, that didn't sound right. I'm happy to be with you. Whether it's this evening, this afternoon, this evening, night, I don't know what I'm saying. I really don't. Thank you for joining me on this very first episode of MCU in Review. If I could, I just want to take a couple of minutes before we start the Iron Man deep dive. I would like to tell you kind of what I want this podcast to be. This is the very first MCU in Review for me, so um, what do I want this podcast to be? I think a lot of the times when we have a podcast, we hear from one person. And I think that's important and it's unique and it gives you, you know, a unique perspective that you may not already have. What I want MCU and review to end up being is a community experience. I am blessed that I have some great friends that love these movies just as much as me. And you will be joined shortly by Clinton and Emmy who will give their thoughts on the Iron Man movie. And that's what I want. I want this podcast to be multiple people appearing and giving their thoughts on these wonderful movies and these wonderful franchises that we have grown accustomed to love over the years. So I hope you don't just get Brandon's perspective. I hope you get Brandon's perspective. I hope you get a lot more people's perspective. I want this podcast to be your resource because maybe I love a movie and someone doesn't. Maybe I love a movie for one reason and someone else loves it for another reason. Maybe I don't care for the movie Thor The Dark World and someone else loves it. So I think it's important to have multiple people giving their thoughts, their opinions. So that's what I want this podcast to be. So I am excited to get going. First, a little brief history with myself and the Iron Man character. I was first introduced to Iron Man when I was probably six or seven years old. And granted, I am, uh, you know, I'm early 30s right now. So I was fairly young when I first learned who Iron Man was. I'd never read comic books. I didn't really know who comic book heroes were. I think I knew a Batman, uh, maybe the Incredible Hulk. But I mean, five or six, I think I was still very young. I don't even remember much memories before that. And I remember we lived in an apartment complex. And I, like I said, I'm a young kid at this point. My brother's eight years older than me. And I remember he had a friend, Andy. Andy lived in apartment 44. That's all I know about Andy. I don't remember his last name. I wish I knew because I would love to contact him and just tell him thank you. Andy came over and he hung out with my brother off and on. And I remember Andy looks at me and he goes, hey, do you like superheroes? Do you like action figures? What do you think a six-year-old Brandon said? I remember immediately thinking, yeah, no, I I love action figures. I love superheroes, even though I probably didn't understand the concept of what a superhero was. You got to remember, that was years ago before they were so evident. You know, there were some cartoons here and there, but honestly, I was either watching the Ninja Turtles or I was playing outside, and I don't even remember thinking Ninja Turtles were superheroes. I just remember thinking they were awesome turtles that kicked butt. And I remember just telling him, yes, no, I love action figures. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love superheroes. And he ends up saying, all right, I'll be right back. Andy left our apartment to go back to his. And he came back, I would say, in my 
five-year-old mind, it felt like 10, 15 minutes later. It was pretty quick, actually. And I remember he came back and he said, are you sure? And I like, he peeked through the door and I said, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? And he opens the door and he's got two garbage bags. Now, granted, my mom's at work at this time and my brother, he, you know, we, we ran the roost. My brother was 14, so he got to babysit me when I was fairly young. And I remember he just dumps two garbage bags out in the middle of the living room. No, it wasn't garbage. There was action figures everywhere. And I remember looking across the room, and it was my introduction to so many superheroes. Maybe it wasn't even my introduction to some, but it felt like the first time. It's the first time in my memory that I can remember seeing all these heroes. So I'm going to say it was my introduction. And I remember looking on the ground and all these action figures everywhere. There was multiple Wolverines, multiple Batman. There was a Cyclops. There was a Punisher, Penguin, Joker. He had villains. He, I remember he had a Riddler figure, Spider-Man figures. He had everything. That Cyclops figure I adored because it had a little light up. You pressed a little button on the back and his eyes, um, his one little laser lit, uh, lit up. So, But I remember out of all those figures that were scattered across the floor, I just remember thanking him. Thank you, thank you, Andy. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I just, I, I don't even know if my little brain could comprehend that, it, that act of kindness. I think I was just more excited I got toys. And now, as an adult, I, I realized just how much of an unselfish act that was. He could have just thrown those away. Maybe he was going to. I don't know. Um, I, I really wish I could have got his perspective, but I remember that moment so vividly. And that's when I saw him. No, not Andy. When I looked down on the ground, there was a figure that was bigger than all the rest. And I pick him up. And this is a big, big guy. And he's not bigger. It was just a different scale. I mean, he was a bigger figure. He wasn't bigger than the rest of the characters. But I remember this, uh, you know, he almost was like a foot tall. And it was this red and yellow figure. And I remember looking at Andy and I said, Andy, who is this? I remember Andy looking at me and smiling and he goes, you don't know who that is? I think he knew I didn't know who a lot of those people were, but he was excited to tell me about this one guy. I said, no, I don't know who this is. And Andy goes, that's Iron Man. Oh, wow. This is awesome. He's a robot. No, 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 no. He's not a robot. There's a man inside there. Uh, And I, I think I tried to pry open his face or something like that. It's a toy. It didn't work. And he goes, no, 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 the character, he, he's in there. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, Tony Stark. And I remember that was the first time I ever heard Tony Stark. And I remember thinking, okay, so this guy, he's like, he is a genius. He created this Iron Man suit. So I remember thinking, this is really cool. Really, really cool. And I was obsessed with that figure. I, and he told me he, he's, in, he's over Stark Enterprises. I don't think it was Stark Industries. I know in the MCU it is, but I remember Andy saying something different. It might not have been Enterprises, but it wasn't Industries. Like, he's, he's in charge of Stark Enterprises. Um, and I remember thinking, this is, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I remember just, he walked out, and I don't even, I honestly, in my memory, don't remember ever seeing Andy again. It's the weirdest thing. But I remember playing with that Iron Man figure for the next, you know, few months, maybe a year Eventually, interest passed. You know, I ended up putting him on a shelf or I put him in a closet and he started collecting dust. And, you know, spring cleaning probably got Iron Man taken out one day and he, I never got to see him again. But I still remember that was the first time I ever saw Iron Man and the first introduction I ever had with the character. Fast forward, you know, 15, 10, 15 years later, and I'm a 19 year old young man sitting on the couch watching G4, which was the old tech TV. And G4 had just wrapped up their coverage of, uh, I believe it was San Diego Comic-Con. And they were talking about test footage, test footage for the new superhero movie. I remember they said, Iron Man looks great. My thoughts initially when I heard that is Iron Man looks great. Iron Man, I remember that guy. And I immediately went back to this this red and yellow goofy suit. Now that suit was not goofy when I was a child. And I was almost I was 19 too. I was a little arrogant about it. I was like, what? Iron Man? No. 
There's no way. But I remember being intrigued immediately. And I was like, okay, you know, it's not Spider-Man. It's not X-Men. It's not Wolverine. But whatever you can do, all right, I guess Marvel has to scrape the bottom of the barrel of their characters. Boy, was I wrong. And I think a lot of people were wrong. And I remember, though, my mind was quickly changing, even just from listening to the G4 commentary. I think it was Kevin Pereira, but forgive me if it wasn't. But I remember it was, I think it was Kevin, and Kevin is starting to talk, and he goes, the, no, Iron Man's looking like it's going to be great. The, the, I remember they were going over the CG, and they were saying, it, it looks legit. The fans are losing it right now. And they interviewed people and, you know, the, the overall thoughts of Iron Man were positive. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to go see this. I'm going to check this out. Because this was a character I, that introduced the world of superheroes to me. This was a character that I have very fond memories of. And now they're going to make a movie. And I remember watching the movie. And we'll go over my thoughts when I talk to Clinton and Emmy in just a moment. But I remember leaving that theater. And I remember thinking, they they did it. <laughs> and that character meant so much more to me after watching that first movie. They really did a wonderful job. Just really, really cementing this character into he just it's weird to describe i think when i saw and this is not a knock on spider-man and x-men movies but when i saw superhero movies back then i remember thinking wow okay these are great superhero movies iron man didn't feel like a superhero movie it felt like a like an just an action movie with iron man in it and it felt like he was real he felt tangible I remember watching the Spider-Man and X-Men movies and thinking, yeah, these are great superhero movies. This was a great movie that had Iron Man in it. And I think that's a theme we've seen with Marvel Cinematic Universe movies over the years is this is great cinema, but it just has our superheroes sprinkled in. It never feels forced. It never feels... It, it Maybe it does feel forced sometimes, Thor of the Dark World. But it never... With, with most of these characters in most of their movies, I'd say nine times out of 10 or 22 out of 23, I think this is such an amazing accomplishment that I just think they, they live and breathe in our world now. And they've just become such an integral part of everything, of everything pop culture in the last 10, 11 years. So that's just my initial thoughts on Iron Man, the character, and a little brief history of kind of how I got to know the character, how I revisited the character, what were my thoughts kind of going into the movie. And my thoughts going into the movie were like, this could be good because I'm hearing people gush about it, but I'm like, eh, it's Iron Man. He's, he's the B-movie character. I'm happy that I was proven wrong. And I look forward to hearing Emmy Clinton's. I, I'm looking forward to hearing their take as well. So without further ado... We will switch over and we'll hear from Emmy, Clinton, and myself. We'll probably talk for the next 30, 40 minutes, maybe longer, about Iron Man, the very first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. All right, I am joined by Clinton and Emmy, and thank you guys for both being on the show today. I'm really thank you for having us. Yes, yes, thank you so much. This is exciting stuff. So I, I think you both know why we're here. We're talking about Iron Man, the very first MCU movie. And Emmy, I'll start with you. Really, when you were watching this, gosh, it's hard to believe this movie came out in 2008. What were your thoughts when you were watching it in the theater, or you know? Did you think, oh, this is not, I don't know, or were you blown away? Kind of what was your takeaway from watching Iron Man? I, okay, so I was trying to think today if I watched it in theaters, and I, I believe I did, but I was definitely late to the game because I was such a huge. I was Emmy huge late? Batman what? Fan. No. I know. Right? Emmy's never been late. <laughs> um, but I was such a, I was a huge Batman fan. And then this movie came out and I was like, oh, whatever. Um, and I did, I think I did watch it in theaters and it just blew me away. Like I would put this up above even the Dark Knight and Batman Begins, oh, and wow. I because it just it was 
I don't know, it's transformative. Like it really um, took me into the MCU and made me actually care about the movie. And then like, of course I wanted to see every single movie after that. Right. Clinton, what'd you think when you first saw it? Uh, much like that. I was blown away. Not just, I, I think for the visuals at the time, it was fantastic. And the storyline was amazing. It, the story sucks you in and then the visuals met you there. And I, I thought they're on to something with this. And coming from a comic standpoint, I felt like they, they picked a character that wasn't super well known and then they killed it. And I saw it in theaters too. So it was on the big screen. So it really blew me away. Yeah. I remember seeing this in theaters and what felt different about this movie is I don't know, previous movies, and I'm just going back to Spider-Man, X-Men, previous Marvel movies always felt like superhero movies. This felt like right. an action movie with Iron Man just right in the yes. middle of it. And and that blew my mind, too, because I was like, this, and I thought, he's a B-movie character, he's nothing special, it's mm -hmm. Iron Man, Marvel, just, they don't have any of their A-plus characters anymore. But I remember walking away and thinking, wow, this is this is a really amazing movie. It's, yeah. it's such the, the quintessential perfect origin story. Yeah. Like you don't need any kind of a backstory like Thor. The first Thor is kind of hard to get into because you need so much like context to it. But like this just hits you like, you know, his character from that first scene. Right. It's just amazing. What I love about the Iron Man character, too, is we've seen him. <laughs> there's my dog, by the way. We have seen him evolve over time. I mean, he's been with the MCU for 11 years. We've seen him grow, evolve, even change a lot. But in this movie, when I watched it earlier this week, I was amazed how much we saw him evolve just in that two hour span. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And to go back to what you said with the, the watching the Spider-Man and the X-Men, and it felt like a superhero movie. It had that kind of campy feel to it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you go what? Go back and watch that first Spider-Man movie with. Yes, I mean, go back. It's it's cringe. It's wow. <laughs> but this this was a little more grounded in a different way than what the DC universe was doing. Right, I, I think felt like. Yeah, and DC was to me on top of the world at this point because of Batman right. Begins and Dark Knight. I mean, they were right there, Dark Knight and Iron Man. It's crazy to think about those movies were released in the same year. I mean, that was a great time. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> and what I really, really enjoyed though is because I'm just going into this with okay, it's Iron Man, all right. But the moment that movie starts and you're in Afghanistan and you immediately get pulled to this guy who's charismatic, who's got all this charm. And he's put in this un, unimaginable situation. And then the, the, I just remember, bing, Iron Man. And you're like, wait, what? What? What am I? What? <laughs> so, and I just remember enjoying that. I just remember immediately being pulled in. Immediately. So I, I yeah. that was great. So um, I got to ask, you know, when you were watching the movie over again, do you have a favorite part in the movie? Do you have any part that stands out to you or you know, maybe even a favorite line. I don't know. What was your biggest takeaway, especially rewatching it? I, for me, first of all, I have to say that uh, dummy, that arm that keeps uh, shooting him with the, the fire extinguisher, <laughs> right. like that is my favorite character. And then for it to come back and save his life in that scene where he has to crawl to get the uh, arc reactor from downstairs. Oh, when he looks at him and he goes, good boy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Like that, that is probably one of my favorite characters. Right. And I 100% my favorite line is when Obadiah is screaming at the engineers that Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. Like that is just, <laughs> amazing <laughs> and ralphie from a christmas story if you guys know i'm pretty sure that's him he goes well i'm sorry i'm not tony stark <laughs> and oh yeah uh, that's pretty crazy yeah okay yeah and that's what's crazy is that's even a callback and then they pay that off uh, you have you both seen spider-man far from home hopefully yes okay good yes. i should have known that it, I remember it like he shows up and they go back and revisit that like an old clip. It just, it's, it kind of blows my mind how interwoven these movies are. It just, I yeah. don't know. It, it just, it's amazing. One of the things that I, I, I really loved was like going back and watching and all the, the callbacks, like the burgers, the cheeseburgers, and then his daughter and like the Tony Stark heart. 
and the I am Iron Man. I mean, they're, they're all, there's so many, I mean, it just, it's, it's so perfectly woven into a wonderful little bow that just, I mean, it's amazing. Clinton, I what, think, yeah, what was yours? For me, I, I, I just rewatched it three hours ago. So fresh on your brain. It was, <laughs> it's very fresh. I wanted to watch it right before this, just so I'd have it on my mind. Right. Um, because it's been a long time. There's been I've seen it several times. Of course, there's been gap a big gap at this point. <laughs> the person I live with, I was still laughing at the you know comedic scenes and all of that. But I still, when it first shows him suit up with the iron, when it's still just silver before he gets it uh, plated with the gold. Um, you think the Mark II get, or when he was in the cave? No, no, no. The Mark II, when he's building it, before gotcha. he gets the paint on it. Gotcha, okay. Before he ice-proofs it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shows that, that scene, you know, where it shows his legs, and it's it's riveting up, and it goes up his body, and it, it, it gives you chills. You're like, well, it still does it for me oh, for yeah. some reason. When I watched it and I saw that, I was like, yes, this is – it just – I think this movie, not only for the Marvel nerds out there like me – you know, it hit the spot, but also people could relate to it. You know, you had this playboy, cocky, arrogant guy who thought he was above everything. And then he gets knocked down a peg and he comes back with a whole new mindset. And I feel like that's relatable in so many avenues for people. No, I agree. And I think what where my, I mean, I was kind of blown away at how deep this movie was watching it again. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I don't remember, I don't think I ever took that into consideration when I was sitting there 10, 11 years ago in the theater. But I remember sitting there and just like when he's talking to pepper and pepper saying, I'm not going to be a part of this. You know, I'm not going to let you kill yourself or, you know, I'm not going to stand by while you kill yourself. I, I, and I remember he's like, I'm, I'm finally taking ownership. I'm finally taking responsibility for my actions. You stood there years by me while I reap the benefits of all this horrible things. And now that I want to finally change who I am and do what's right, now you're going to leave me. And it was just, it, it, he just the evolution of the character, even the evolution of pepper Potts and her realization. Yeah. It, it yeah. was, it just felt like you saw both of them just take leaps and bounds and you were just able to be a fly on the wall and watch every bit of it. And it was, it was astounding. It really was. I mean, he and we knew going into the first Avengers, he was more than just a, a suit, you know, and it's, right. I mean, in this movie, I go back to that Avengers movie where Captain America goes, you know, you're just in a, you're just a suit. Take that off. What are you? And he, and he goes, genius billionaire, playboy <laughs> philanthropist. I can't even say mm -hmm. that. But I remember just this movie explains all that. All of us know. But Captain America, just that first introduction, he just sees a smug scientist jerk in a suit and has billions of dollars. And it's just, I don't know. I just remember enjoying this movie so very much. Uh, I, I'm going to say it right now. I really thought Terrence Howard did great as Rhodey. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I had a hard time with that transition for yeah, a minute. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I definitely did, but going back and watching them, and I, I feel like they've written the, the War Eagle character like exactly the same. Like the Rhodey character. Did you say War Eagle? Written. War, what did I say? War Eagle. You said War Eagle. You're you're in Auburn right now. What am I talking? War I, Machine. War? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we will not edit that for you. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I just did a trivia. That was one of the questions. Oh, good. War Eagle. I had it on my head. Yeah. It's all good. Um, we forgive you. War Machine. Yeah. Um, but like they they wrote the character the same, but they played it. I feel like completely differently. Oh, I agree. Um, and I do. Don Cheadle has definitely warmed his way into my heart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Like he he came in and took over, and it was well. But that transition because I remember watching this, and I I, I loved talents. Talents, Terrence Howard at that time. Yep, same. And when they cast him for this, I was really excited, and I thought he nailed that role. Mm -hmm. And then when he wasn't in the next one, I was a little disappointed. But then, of course, Don Cheadle exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I know we're jumping ahead here, but I have to. It's funny. The first two MCU movies are Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, and that's the only two recasts in the entire MCU. Is Terrence Howard with uh, Terrence Howard as Rhodey? And Edward Norton as the Hulk. And I remember thinking 
Uh, Terrence Howard, I really liked him in that first Iron Man movie, but Don Cheadle just blew me away. But I remember Edward Norton. I honestly loved that first Incredible Hulk movie. I didn't like the Eric Bana Hulk, but mm-hmm. I loved I mm-hmm. loved Edward Norton as Hulk, or I thought I did. And then yeah. I saw Mark Ruffalo, and I was like, shit, I'm done. <laughs> Mark, yeah. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, yeah. that first scene where he just scream stop lying to me to black widow i just remember thinking that's him that's bruce banner <laughs> I yeah just, i really did yeah i really did love uh edward norton and then i completely agree uh mark ruffalo is doing a fantastic job yeah i i think he has done so much more with that character than edward norton ever could and uh that's no slight i just think they found the right banner and it took a couple of swings but they got it so um you know just really you know, speaking of Tony's evolution, because I'm going to kind of branch away from just this Iron Man movie, because I really think we saw him change a lot where the first Avengers, I feel like that's still kind of this first iteration of Tony Stark. But when we saw him in Age of Ultron, and I, I mean, I remember we almost see a paranoia come over him where I have to put a suit of armor around the world. And anyone in his position or in his position of power thinks I have to protect everybody from everything. But you see him kind of slip. You see him kind of go into this, I've got to take I've got to control this. I've got to be in charge. And he obviously learns what happens in the Age of Ultron. And I, I you know, I won't spoil too much for you, but for anyone that's listening that may crazy enough may not have watched that movie. But Captain America Civil War comes in. And this guy who in the first few movies is all about anti-authority. You can't tell me what to do. I mean, we saw that with the Avengers. You know, he he immediately hacks the system to kind of see what, what they're looking. Uh, and we immediately see this guy like, we need to be put in check. And that was just so... But I remember it didn't feel like a shock. I just remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's... Everything that Tony's gone through in this last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years... Makes sense. He he wants to basically protect the world at all costs. And if that means having the accords to hold us accountable, so be it. And it came from a good place that, on his perspective. And that's why I think the writers of these movies, they do it so beautifully because you can understand both sides. If you would have told me during Iron Man being released that, hey, later he's going to want to agree with the accords and, you know, be put in check and that Captain America would be against it. I would have told you it would have been the complete opposite. Yeah. But the writers have such a good way of <laughs> what well, you see the transition of the character through the years, of course, but they have such a good way of when you look at the character, you see where they came from and where, what they've gone through, like you said, and you can relate to that. But in the big picture, you can also relate to the other side. It's it's a weird <laughs> paradox. It's very very well written, so that you can see why they're changing their minds. And I was Team Cap all the way. <laughs> I mean, no, I can't I can't uh, get away from my guy Tony. Yeah, I couldn't uh-huh. help it. Okay, this is perfect then. Yes, because I remember <laughs> when Team Cap. Oh, okay, we're t- Team Cap. When Captain America looks at Tony and he goes, um, he knows like. If we don't put ourselves in check, we're no better than the bad guys. And Captain America goes, yeah, but Tony, (laughs) we're working for governments. Governments have agendas. What if there's someplace that they won't let us go that we can't? (laughs) And it just, I remember, oh man, I'm the biggest Captain America fan in the entire world. So I can admit that 100%. But I, what I loved about this movie, or, or excuse me, this character is just the evolution seeing him then become almost a mentor to Spider-Man in Spider-Man homecoming, which is the Ah. best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And and that's not saying that lightly. I really thought Tom Holland killed it. I thought uh, once again, Robert Downey Jr., his character, his care to kind of usher in that new generation. It was, it was fantastic. And I just, Tony Stark, is interwoven this entire infinity saga. I mean, 23 movies you feel, even if he's not in the movie, you still see the ramifications of everything he did. And I, I just, I think that just is so, it's just such a amazing compliment to Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, how he was able to kickstart this MCU. And ultimately uh, spoilers ahead for anyone (laughs) that has not seen the entire Avengers in game, but ultimately end the MCU phase one or not phase one, but the entire infinity saga. Um, I mean, I remember at the end of this movie, 
he goes, I am Iron Man. And I remember watching that part in the theaters thinking, I, I want to see the second one right now. Mm-hmm. Like this felt like a TV yeah. show that I would have kept watching right away. I was so upset when I had to walk out because I remember superheroes at that point were the mysterious in the shadows type people. And this guy, I am Iron Man. Boom. Credits roll. Wait, what? What's going on? This is, you know, I just remember I can't imagine a superhero that's out in public. <laughs> that's it just was so unheard of to me. And now with that Iron Man, I am Iron Man line meaning so much more after Avengers Endgame. Yes. You know what I mean? It hit me hard. Full circle. Right. Full circle. It hit me yeah. really hard. Well, and it, I, I feel like they had so much confidence in that movie because Terrence Howard looks at the suit and says, maybe next time. Yeah, next time, and like, baby. they were like, yeah, they, they were like, there's going to be a next time. It's happening. Iron and Man 2. If you know that character, too, when you saw Rhodey look at that silver suit exactly it hadn't been painted it was like i know what they're doing here yeah <laughs> i know yeah. what they're setting up and i think uh, to go on to your point emmy and uh, clinton i completely agree about the suit i remember thinking ah, water machine here we go uh and emmy when you said like they were confident because he said next time baby i think there was also the post-credit scene with nick fury you become yeah. a part of a bigger universe you just don't know it yet and yeah. I think they were talking to Tony Stark, but they were talking to every person watching that movie. And it was, it's just prophetic watching it now. You know, if this was a DC movie, I'm like, look how that bombed. But like we were <laughs> <laughs> watching this, it was, and that's nothing against DC. I No, love. you just said what we were all thinking. Right, right. It was just <laughs> watching that part. I just remember, because I watched the entire credits because I was like, I know Nick Fury is going to say something. So I got to watch until the end. And when he goes, you know, you've become a part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. I remember just, oh my gosh, I didn't know it yet. I did not know it yet. And no. it, it was so cool. It was such an amazing, it's still an amazing way to end that first movie. Well, and, and to even think, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. To even think like this whole movie. Okay. So we just finished Endgame with had 752 superheroes in it. I mean, there were just a ton. 753. 753. Excuse me. You're welcome. And this one movie had one hero in it and it still holds up so well today. Even after watching Endgame, that yes. was just like the complete and total bizarre. All of the people in the MCU, like Iron Man still holds up. It really does. I, I, I was, I went into watching this again thinking, you know, it's been 12 years and there's no way because you know how, how CG evolves. And wow. when you first watch it, it seems amazing, blows you away. And then you watch it 10 years later and you're like, wow, I thought that was great because it just keeps progressing. <clears throat> yeah. And, and watching this from a story perspective and the visuals, it still stood up. That, and you talked about the um, the end credit scene, wait, waiting for Nick Fury. That's another thing that Marvel did so beautifully is they set the standard there. And you have a lot of movies now that have the, in credit scenes because of what Marvel did from the beginning back in 2008 and kept it going all the way through in game. I cannot sit at a movie without my fiance looking at me and say, Hey, is there a post credit scene to this movie? I'm like, it, and it's not even Marvel. And I'm like, Renee, I'm sure there's no, no check, check. And I'm like, man, <laughs> Marvel has changed the landscape. I mean, I will kid you not. I will Google something and I'll say, Renee, there's no post credit scene. She's like, I don't believe you were going to wait. Like, until the credits. <laughs> you just don't want to see it. I'm like, no, it's, I promise. I, I just, it's fine. And we'll sit there and there's nothing, but we do that now. 90% of the movies, we saw a Mr. Rogers documentary, not the Tom Hanks movie, a documentary. And we waited till the end of the credits to make sure there was no post credits. That's because of Marvel. That's awesome. Yeah. That Renee, <laughs> doesn't trust anybody or anything when it comes to post credit. She will stay the entire time now. So I will you, you're talking about the, the, the um, special effects and everything. But one thing that I just kept giggling at when I went back and watched this movie was that they all have flip phones. Yes. Like, <laughs> and like Tony Stark's is the coolest flip phone because it flips up and sideways. Yeah. And, and it's just, and it's hilarious. like, it's a, it's FaceTime before there was FaceTime. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe there was at the time. I don't know. But it was just really amazing to watch. Yeah. No, and going back to Clinton's original point, because Clinton said something earlier, and I want to touch base on it, where his one of his favorite scenes was when he's in the silver suit before he's painted it the hot rod red. And I think what made that, and I'm sure you would agree, Clinton, is you know what made that scene so special is that's Iron Man's first flight. 
and you feel every yes. bit of it. And it, it's almost weird seeing him in such a euphoric state because he got so used to it. It just became like walking to him. But to watch that very first time, I remember just thinking, gosh, I, I'm getting just jazzed up thinking about this. Like, it was just amazing to watch him take off. And, hey, you got to run before you can walk. Or you got to walk before you crawl. I can't remember exactly what he said. but He it, says you've got to. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's, you got to run before you can walk. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think. Right. And but that I, that scene is, let me tell you, a panty dropper. Like, that scene is. <laughs> The there panties were halfway to China. There, there they are. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. And then there's the one in Iron Man 2 where he has the, the briefcase on the race course. That one's another one that just, I mean, yes. that is Iron Man. That is just pure sex. <laughs> <laughs> Emmy, has, sorry. Emmy has a crush on uh, Mr. Downey Jr., if anyone <laughs> is aware. Or not. I cannot wait to be his next wife. Oh. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> confirmed here you heard it on mcu in review first uh emmy is going to be robert downey jr's next wife so congratulations on that scoop i'm sure entertainment tonight is going to be contact us contacting us any moment <laughs> yeah. if you sued for libel <laughs> <laughs> right. happy times oh man well I, and yeah i love that they jumped in they didn't just jump into back you know to that like you see his where you talk about getting the, he, he doesn't get the dynamics down at first. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's fumbling through it and, and he's trying to stand up for a cause because he just found out that, um, Obadiah had just was the one that had just betrayed him right. when they're taking that picture together and he knows what he's doing and he don't want to stand for it, but he, and it, the suit wasn't ready. You know, Jarvis keeps reminding him and he keeps basically telling him to shut up and does it anyway because he's got a cause behind him, but he's also still trying to figure it out. And what I love, too, is he went for the refugees that were struggling and he, oh, that's, you know, he went in just uh, for the sheer fact that, hey, this is the right thing to do. And that, I immediately got taken into this character is changing before my eyes. Yes. This guy who is rolling snake eyes in Vegas, you know, weeks prior or months prior. I can't remember. I mean, it was probably months prior. And then now he is in the Middle East protecting those who need it the most. And just because it's the right thing to do, it was so that I'm telling you the evolution of this character in such a short span in that two hour span you get to know everything, but the, he's still at his core, Tony Stark. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But there's a good human being behind all those Something's actions. pulled out of him. Right. The iteration, the way they iterated it to screen to from the comics, they made it more modern. Yes. Where we could relate yes. to it. Yes. I completely I, agree. I really like how he, he seems like a normal person too. He makes a lot of mistakes yes, whenever exactly. he's trying to figure everything out and like, even at the end, he's like, I, I, I don't seem like a hero. I've got a lot of character defects. And like, it, he, he, it seems like someone that you can really relate to. Uh, and that's yeah. that's what of, I was, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, he's kind of self-destructive almost. And I feel like you see that kind of more in the second movie. But yeah, to see him evolve once he cares about things to be less self-destructive. Um, it's it's just it's he's a good character. Yes, and that you don't see the because when you get Spider Man, you get Thor, and you get Captain America, and you get Hulk, and you get all these people, they have a superpower, right? Right. Yeah. This guy is just smart. Yeah. I've always said he's the Batman of Marvel. Yep. I mean, I they're agree. they're very similar, and you get to see his personal struggle through this, and I think that's the 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 biggest thing that stands out to me in this first Iron Man movie is you see this jerk become a hero. Yeah. And, and I think that's they, really what MCU movies is. You know, I think where Marvel gets their biggest knock is the lack of villains. And I think they've shown that they can create a good villain, especially very much, uh, so. especially in the last few years. Now, are they yes. all winners? No, but I think you got some like Thanos that are timeless now. But yeah. I, uh, but and Loki, I, and Loki, we, Loki for sure. Loki's, yeah. I, it's hard for me to even call him a villain after Infinity War. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, he. But I really, but 
But I, I, I agree. And that's what I love is Loki has so much depth. One movie, you can't, you can't stand the guy. And the next movie, you're literally just crushed. <laughs> so yeah. even when I hate him, I always love to hate him. Right. That's a very, I good want movie. him to be that way. What I love about Marvel movies is sometimes the villain is not the strong. It's sometimes it's that inner turmoil for heroes. That is the larger story. And that takes more precedence than an Obadiah stain. It is it exactly is this inner struggle of doing what's right and not letting any obstacle or any past affect where your destiny is. And I think that is such a truth in this movie. But not to take away from Obadiah, because I do feel like that's a very relatable bad guy who's just in it for money and doesn't care where the weapons go and what they're used to do. Like, I feel like that's a very, it's still relevant for our time. It's still relevant. Right. Yeah. I have a confession about Obadiah. Oh no. Yeah. What? Um, so I love Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Love. Love Jeff Bridges. I don't blame you. All of his work. I usually like his movies. Right. I did not realize till probably about two years ago <laughs> that that was Jeff Bridges. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So y'all can judge y'all can judge me all you want because I know I dropped the ball on that one. But maybe it's the shaved head. I don't know what it is, but I didn't pick that up. Look completely different, and I I feel like he his weight has fluctuated a little bit, maybe. I, I've got a confession to make too, and it's not on me. And I, my fiance <laughs> listens to all these podcasts, so she knows I'm about to rat her out. But we Uh-oh. watched Iron Man. I think it was, it was last night or the night before. And that's how old I am. I'm like, it was a couple nights ago, I think. And uh, I, I remember we were watching, and she looks up at the TV and she goes, and she, she's watched these movies with me plenty of times. She goes, I didn't know that was Jeff Bridges. <laughs> and oh, man. She, she had that realization like two nights ago. So, Clinton, you're okay. I, if I make fun of you for something two years ago, I'm going to have to make fun of her. And I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to sleep on the couch. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's the bald head. It changes his look completely. It does, though. I will agree with that. I still see it, but I can see why yeah. people miss it, if that makes sense. <sighs> Like, cause he I'll does. I'll agree with that. It is, but I feel like his voice is so distinct. Right. It, Maybe I'm not as big a voice fan is, of a, as I thought I was. Well, his voice is so distinct, but at the same time, I'm <laughs> I'm expecting that hair. I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting something different. I'm, <laughs> and he plays into the character the so well. I'm expecting the dude, and then Obadiah walks in. He's like, "Oh, good job, my boy." I'm like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> Our reactor really brings the room together. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's like, "You ripped out my targeting system." I'm like, "Jeff Bridges wouldn't say that. He he's too lovely." No. <laughs> No, I I, I I think that may be even a, a testament to the character and a testament to Jeff Bridges as well. I mean, the range, because right. <laughs> you lose yourself and you're not seeing Jeff Bridges anymore. You're seeing Obadiah and you're seeing this maniacal, horrible person. <laughs> yeah, I've never admitted that to anybody. So there hey, you go, public. What <laughs> heard it first here. <laughs> what better time than to have everyone else? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll make I'll make a. a, a I'll, I'll admit something as well. I had no idea. Like I knew that John Favreau was somehow related to like the writing or directing of some movies. I didn't know that he directed this whole movie by himself. You didn't know that. Wow. I didn't. The, yeah. So happy is the director of this whole movie. And you know, he directed the second Iron Man too, correct? I did not know that, but I, I'm sure that once we got to that, that is my favorite movie. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? I loved Iron Man too. So much. That was one the critics attacked more than a lot of them. Well, they're a bunch of idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that movie is fabulous. I it is. See, I'm I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't. I'm weird. I want to review all these movies in chronological order, but really, who wants to talk about the Incredible Hulk next? It's really difficult for me. Like, I want to jump straight to Avengers. I want to straight go straight to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I want to go everywhere my personal favorites are. But but I think getting Iron Man two, I just want to have Emmy on that show because she it's and Clinton's response is hilarious because it's exactly what mine is really. <laughs> like it, <laughs> I, that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. Oh. I mean, I hear. I think that was it. Goes back to the villain problem. I think with that one. What? 
I agree. <laughs> Whiplash yeah. is amazing. I okay, so I really like a good villain speech. Where's my so, bird? Like, Where's my bird? I well, no, he's got that whole thing that like the if you could make God bleed, then people would cease to believe in him, and there will be blood in the water, and the sharks will come. All I have to wait. All I have to do is wait and watch the people devour you. Like that is a great villain speech. Amy, what? It's not that deep. Okay. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's, I'm kidding. Yeah. No. No. I don't. I don't think you are because I know that I'm alone in this. But no, like, you're not. I, you're really not. You're I really think, not. Actually, Emmy, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think that speech is amazing, and I think it, it is, is deep. I think it is wonderful. However, then you see him. Where's my bird? And then you see him like just being a puppet to uh, uh what's his name? Hammer. Hammer. Yeah. yeah Hammer. Yeah. You you see him. You almost become just a a a, a just a I don't know what the word I'm looking for. He just, he seems like a pawn. That's it. Yeah. And that's why I said the joke. Cause it feels like it, he's this, it seems like on his own, he's got some depth. Oh yeah. But when you get him around others and the puppeteering that's taking place and then the little silly, and I don't know if that's a writer's mess up or what, <laughs> not writing as well as they could have, but then right. you're like, come on. And you plus, could have done so much more with this character. I don't think you needed a hammer to make uh, Whiplash. As I think if you would have just kept right. Whiplash unhinged, you would have seen the best. I think he would have been one of the a great villains. It would have been phenomenal to watch. I think you see all that he puts in and then how he just becomes like a pawn in the game. It almost diminishes it a little bit. However... Uh, yeah, I, I still think it's a good movie. Not my favorite by any means, but I, I think, you know... I like all the MCU movies, self-admittedly, except two. And one, oh. of, one of those is Thor of the Dark World. Yes. And, and the other <laughs> is Iron Man 3. Oh, man. Iron I will disagree three. with you on three. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. My biggest issue with that was the Mandarin is such a huge part in the comics. There it and is. Yes. So That's why. Upsetting. Yeah. That was a big... Um, however... That, did you guys catch that the terrorist group that he takes out is called the Ten, Ten Rings? Rings? Yes. Yes. Was and, that a callback? No. Yeah, for sure. And I, okay. I think they're going to. There's rumor that in the new um, Shang Chi, there it is in the new Shang Chi movie that they are going to bring the Ten Rings back and actually have the the real le, the legit Mandarin, which I'm excited about because that was <laughs> it's so funny. If you if you go on my Facebook, which anyone listening to this podcast will not know that, but hey, Clinton and Emmy, if you go to my Facebook, there's, <laughs> there's a photo that uh, Renee she bought me Iron Man three. Uh, on Blu-ray when we first started dating. And I remember she put a sticker on there that said Mandarin free edition. Cause I couldn't stand what they did to Mandarin. I could not stand Iron Man three for that reason. And I told her, yeah, I get that. Right. I get that. It, it was I, really I, tough. It was tough. However, I thought the movie on its own was good. The Ben Kingsley as the way he played that part, if they would have played it out with it, not being an actor, I think he did very well. I mean, it's the iconic, I don't know, the way he played it, just they'll never see me coming. They'll I never see me yeah. coming. I loved it. Right. But and then you then it turns into like it's like a almost a slap in the face that they just like, oh, it's a big joke. And that's the exact criticism up. of the whiplash character we were just talking about. I mean, because like, right. I really I watched what I didn't like about it too is they sold me on a movie for Iron Man three, I watched that trailer like 500 times. And admittedly I've stopped doing that because it's gotten me <laughs> messed up. <laughs> so Marvel mess with you with those trailers, those trailers, oh, yeah. those trailers Invest said, I'm going to see this one movie, which was Iron Man three. And then when I watched the movie, I saw a completely different movie and I didn't care for it. And plus the way they depicted Chattanooga, Tennessee was like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, I, I took a little personal. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Rude guys, come on, we're not just a bunch of hicks in the in the mountains." So, was, well, I mean, okay, most of us, but some of us have podcast equipment. So there, yeah. I don't oh, 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 oh shot fired. <laughs> no, it was just it, no. I wasn't being towards you guys. Just no. The, I'm in the mountains, and I have a 
real country heavy accent. So go ahead, Brandon. Just you're, bring us on the podcast. To you're welcome. Down. That's fine. what I do. No, I am in the middle <laughs> of the boonies and I love it. So maybe we are a little bit cliche. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was about to say, I go outside and my dogs use the restroom and so do I. That tells you how but far country, out. Uh, that tells you how far out. Country doesn't mean ignorance though. Country doesn't I, mean ignorance. I agree. For, for some, yes, but not for all. So, right. <laughs> it, but uh, no, I, it's just that Iron Man 3 movie. I, I think I was just duped and I didn't like it. And ever since then, you know, but it's funny because I've watched Iron Man 3 back and I actually walked away thinking, that's it's okay. It's not bad. It's, yeah, once you understand what you're walking into, it's it's not as bad. I agree. I but agree. it was still- really, yeah, the second or because I honestly watched it, I think once in theaters and then I bought the or I, she bought me the Blu-ray and I just put it on the shelf and I was like, no, I'm not watching this. And then there was like, I, before infinity war, I wanted to watch all of them. So I watched even the ones I don't like. And Iron Man three, I remember walking away watching it and I was like, that wasn't as bad as I remember. I think I was a little too harsh on it. So yeah. So I, and I think that's just also a testament to Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. It's really hard to walk away hating that movie when you see how brilliant he is in that movie. So yeah, you, I, th- that's probably the best casting choice that they could have made. I agree. I completely agree. So, well, you know, with Iron Man, you know, kind of putting a nice bow since the MCU did that for us, you know, is there any, I just got to ask this question and I know I'm going to get a good response. Do you think anyone, honestly, in your lifetimes will ever be able to play Tony Stark other than Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I, hold on. Let me, I, I need, I need time to think because I, I feel like surely there's got to be somebody. You mean the Tony Stark or the character of Iron Man? Gosh. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's got to be a, repl- like a, it can't be the exact same character. It's got to right. be like yeah. the next iteration of Iron Man. Yeah. It, well, I mean, who knows? Uh, we could see MCU completely disman dis like I, hey after the next 10 years they're done and they revisit that's not gonna happen i don't think it will either honestly but <laughs> just throwing it out for for just hypothetical sake if they do reboot the entire series in 10 20 years and they say hey there's gonna be a new are you gonna be like hey michael keaton's the only batman for me i don't care what <laughs> it, you know because I always get kind of stuck thinking there's no way anyone else can play Iron Man. And I think that same way about Captain America with Chris Evans and, gosh, even to an extent, Chris Hemsworth with Thor. Um, actually, a lot. I think, yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with time frame. I think that's a big part of it for me. Um, you know, all the diehards of, back to, you said Michael Keaton, people loved him as Batman. Right. And then Christian Bale comes on the scene years later and nail, I mean, he destroys, I, th- I thought he was fantastic. And same with Jack Nicholson and Joker. There could be, right, a ne- exactly. there could never be another Joker. And then Heath Ledger comes out and then there could never be another Joker. And then walking Phoenix comes out. Oh, 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 <laughs> I hate that movie was awful. I'm sorry. I thought I, you were, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, oh, Robert Pattinson. No, 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 no. I, no um, Jared Leto. Oh, Jared Leto. Yes. <laughs> the like, way I'm he gonna stop, I'm gonna stop you right there. Yeah, no, Jared Leto. The way he laughed, he's like ah, 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 and I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> I just, I was, I couldn't, I, I could not get into that character, and I, pro- uh, I, I promise you, I, I, I tried everything in me. That Suicide Squad movie, it is just. I'm sorry, not for me. Garbage, hot garbage. Just a plate of hot garbage. Literally, just someone literally put a turd on a plate and grabbed a match and put it on the plate with it and just lit it. It was not good. It really wasn't. Hot garbage on a burning plate. You're welcome. That's your your aesthetic. (laughs) That's my new aesthetic. I don't know why. I don't see. And every time before I podcast, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking, okay, I'll just stick to this. I'll stick to that. And then sometimes I'll just say hot garbage on a plate of fire and I don't know where it comes from. So it's going to become your sting. Yeah. Not careful. Yeah. That was as bad as hot garbage on a plate of fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I'm not known as that guy. I would love to be known as anything else. So, hot garbage guy. 
hot garbage. Maybe guy. you could make a maybe you could make a podcast called Hot Garbage where you talk about terrible movies. Hey, welcome I to was, Hot Garbage. Here I am, Brandon. <laughs> talk about there. There it is. Suicide Squad. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Suicide Squad today. That's anytime you hear that noise, you know it's going to be a DC movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, gosh, that sounds terrible. It, it, and I will say for the record, uh, I did like the Joker. I I did prefer Heath Ledger, but I did like the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. It was. I little- have not seen it. Believe it or Joaquin not, Joaquin did a great job, but that movie is just so messed up. Okay, like I- it's just. I won't say anything further because Clinton hasn't seen it, but it is dark. Yeah. Clinton. It is uh, very dark. And that to me was really hard. Cause I walked out of that movie being bummed out, like really genuinely bummed out. And like, there's these kids, like I say kids, early twenties, late teens. I don't know. And they're like, man, that was a great movie. I really liked it. It was awesome. It was Joker. And I was like, did you watch what I just watched? That is the, but most- isn't that the essence of the Joker? You don't want to, this is it's too dark. Oh, it kind of makes me angry. The one standoff I've had about watching it, I've heard how good it is in its own right. However, it bothers me that they gave Joker an origin story, but not Batman. Well, Joker don't have an origin in the comics. That's his one of his whole stings. Is like he's. That's very true. You know what I mean? There's never Mm -hmm. been like an origin story, so. I guess for them to do one, it needed to be dark to get him to the insanity that he is. And where I think having a Batman character or even a hero of any sort character is you get that balance. You get the dark and the light and the dark and the light. And I'll be honest, when you watch the Joker, it's just dark, 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 dark. And it just keeps you keep burrowing down in a hole further and further and further. And it's it's a lot emotionally it's draining it is a lot so it is a very good argument for funding mental health in the state for sure agreed very much agreed so uh that'll t- that'll do us for the the joker podcast thank you for listening I'm- <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we got on a trip. tangent for a minute You're, well, hey that was i actually enjoyed that a lot actually so i just realized i was like we've been talking about joker for like five minutes so hey that's Wait, is what- that not what we were supposed to be talking about oh no Crap. hold on let me change the title of the the, the podcast. Yeah. Jokes jo- on you, Brandon. MCU in review, the Joker movie. They're gonna be like, "This is his first movie. What does he know? What the MCU is?" <laughs> that, yeah, uh, that, that is awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I just really uh, going back, and we'll just kind of circle back with Iron Man one last time. You know, this character has been such a phenomenal treat to watch over the years. When and spoilers ahead for Avengers Endgame, please don't listen any further if you haven't seen that movie because that is the most recent, one of the most recent movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But also, where have you been? Where, where have you been? been? Right, where, right, right. Yeah, where have you been? So don't listen any further, please, if you don't want to be spoiled. Um, but I remember when he said, I am Iron Man, he snapped his finger. And Pepper looks at him and says, we're okay. We're going to be okay. And oh, God. he passed. I... I bawled in the theater. Bald, bald. I, I, I yes. mean, because it's what they they put into that character eleven years prior, and then they kept putting so much into that character, and where he was just trying to protect, he was just trying to, and ultimately that's what he ended up doing. And to the guy in the first Avengers movie, that Cap, and I'm a Cap fan, but wrongly accused, you're not the guy to. Um, you know, sacrifice, make the, make the call, you know, you know, and he ended up making the ultimate sacrifice and it was so emotional. And going back and watching this movie, there was flashes for in game for me off and on the entire time Mm -hmm. and just the importance. And a lot of this character development was what I saw in in game. And it's still astonishing to watch both movies now, kind of the parallels and the way they tied it back together with that, perfect bow with the ending of Iron Man one and end game. Um, <clears throat> you talked about pepper Potts saying that I think what took me harder with end game was Peter Parker it, it, sitting there with him because I don't know what the, with that relationship. Cause you saw infinity war where it was flipped right. where Peter Parker was going and then it's flipped around on end game and it's Tony going for good. And it just got me all in the feels. And 
And I think seeing the struggle of Tony all through this, you know, 12 years, right. it really culminated to that. And it was a big, like, emotional mess. And I think that's, you know, we critiqued Iron Man 3 a little bit earlier. But I think as being the only one in this chat that <laughs> liked that movie, <laughs> I think <laughs> the biggest reason I did is because you saw him fighting with his demons in that movie. Mm-hmm with the PTSD and the trauma and the stress that he had went through and trying to overcome that. It's a very good point. What drew me to that movie so much, because again, for me, what takes me back to Tony and liking him so much, the way they did it in the MCU is he's relatable. Yep. Very well said. Yeah. Completely agreed. And it's funny because before I had you guys on the show, I did a little intro piece and one of the things I talked about with this podcast is getting multiple views and uh, viewpoints because it's not good just hearing from Brandon. What does he think about Iron Man? Because Clinton or Emmy or anyone else could have a completely different viewpoint. And it's really kind of, it, it just makes me smile because having you both on, I got to hear why someone loves Iron Man too, why someone loves whiplash, which I completely agree. That is a great character. Um, and why someone loves Iron Man three. And it almost gives me a new sense of appreciation for those movies that I didn't have before. I don't sit there and say, well, yeah, you can like it, whatever. I'm just going to sit here with my arms folded. I, I really enjoy hearing that stuff because it makes me realize I didn't pick up on that or wow, that's a really good point. I would like to kind of revisit it with that lens and see if I think anything different. So, you know, it's just really cool that you guys kind of, we're talking about tying in a bow for uh, the Iron Man character, but with this first podcast, I think you guys have been wonderful. And uh, I just really appreciate you both sharing your Iron Man thoughts, your Iron Man two thoughts, three thoughts, and throughout his entire journey. And we definitely need to do this again. I I really enjoyed this. So I would be more than happy to. If you do one on Iron Man 2, I could talk for an hour and a half about Iron Man 2. <laughs> I will eventually do every MCU movie, and you will be the first one that gets an invite for Iron Man 2. And Clinton, <laughs> yes. Clinton, you're invited for Iron Man 3, sir. Perfect. So, I would perfect. like to be a dissenting voice on Iron Man 3. <laughs> Sounds great. It's good you, to have the yin and the yang of the of Yeah, the that's show. very true. Yeah. I completely agree, and I, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Well, any final thoughts on the Iron Man character? Emmy, I'll start with you. What is your takeaway? And no, don't hit on him during this time. Just what I, is your thoughts on the Iron Man character? Just my thoughts. I mean, he's gorgeous. Like, right. that oh. is his superpower. You said he didn't have a superpower. He's just, I mean. Clinton, you're wrong. He's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think my, my final thoughts are just, uh, the truth is, I am Iron Man. Like, that just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, no. Okay, I will, I will hit on one thing that we haven't talked about. The soundtrack for Iron Man movies is fantastic. Very true. Uh, when thought. when shoot to thrill oh my gosh yeah i can't yes. hear shoot to thrill anymore by acdc without immediately just i'm iron man yeah I, like i just yeah. immediately it's awesome <clears throat> yeah it's so good clinton what's your final thoughts uh i've i've beat a dead horse i feel like i just i love the evolution and transition of the character um particularly iron man one, I guess it would be seeing that sliver of like goodness in him when he's such an arrogant prick at the beginning and seeing it slowly transition. But just slowly, the Iron Man away. character, I mean, he started it all, so he's yeah. left a legacy. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a big job for Marvel, I feel like, going forward without him there to really, I mean, they're doing fantastic, obviously, and I love their movies now, but. I don't know. He just, he left an imprint on the MCU and um, I just love the relatability of the character. Very well. I, I do definitely think that he's going to be one that even though they're continuing on in different phases, but Iron Man will be just like we kind of saw in um, far from home he's that a, he was he's a presence still there. Yes. Like, I think that that's definitely, they're going to continue that. 100%. I agree. I agree. Well, Iron Man, the first time I ever saw him, I was a six or seven year old kid and someone gave me an action figure of Iron Man and it was this red and yellow figure and he was, I I thought he was a robot and it turned out, no, he was Iron Man. (laughs) 
and they told me he was Iron Man. I didn't realize it at the time. And, uh, and then I heard of him when I was 19, 20 years old that, Hey, they're going to be making an Iron Man movie. I'm like, wait, that little action figure I had as a kid, what they're making a movie out of them. Okay. Well, this should be interesting. I never thought how that little action figure from when I was six years old would end up being such a huge part of pop culture, a huge part of my memory and a huge part of what I love in cinema and in comic book movies. And Iron Man will always have a special place in my heart. And I think he is, he is absolutely phenomenal. And when he says, I am Iron Man, I think we all are Iron Man and it's, we can all relate to those demons and those struggles, but it's all about how we keep pushing forward and we keep overcoming and trying to become better people each step each day. So that's really my takeaway for the character. So Emmy Clinton, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank uh, you so much. Thank for you having so us. much for having us hey, on here. And hey, thank you for listening. If you're out there listening and you enjoyed this, I hope you I hope you follow us along because Clinton and Emmy are coming back. I can guarantee that. So <laughs> Heck yes. yeah, yes. so let's uh, yeah, MCU in review. This is episode one and one of many. So we are out of here. Have a good one, guys. Thanks.